everyone. I'm Paul Ciampanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. This is the show where we pick a music-related topic, and then we watch video clips about that topic. And if you go to our website, musicraygun.com, you can check out our video playlist to watch all the clips we talk about. And that's the show. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it hasn't been that long since the last time we did an episode topic that was based on a city. Yeah. But we're doing another one because I really like these. Because they're fun. These are some of my favorite ones to do. Yeah, they're a blast. Last time we did Philadelphia. Oh, God, that's right. Before that was Detroit. Yeah, we've done Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, well, today, we're going to a big music city. Yeah. San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> now, what? I like the low. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, just to be clear, even you, when yes. we started putting this episode together, you said, are we including Oakland? Yes. As just the Bay Area in general. Yeah. And I said, hell no. Fuck that. Fuck Oakland. Yeah. No, not fuck Oakland, but in fact the opposite. I think Oakland We're is do, so yes. its own scene. There's so much music from there that it'll be its own standalone. Yeah, it deserves yeah. its own episode. Exactly. So this is just San Francisco. Yes. Someday we'll do an Oakland episode. Yes. I didn't want to do the Bay Area. Yeah, that's episode. better this way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's just jump right into it. I mean, ask you a question. Yeah, oh, yeah. Have you been to San Francisco? No, I have not. It's lo- I've been twice. I never go anywhere. <laughs> I've uh, gone, I went in, I think, 98, and then I went again in 2005. So okay. It's been a while. Yeah. So it's a lovely, expensive town. Yeah. 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 I would go. I just, I, never, love, I don't, really I don't like travel. It. I don't yeah. go anywhere. I stay in L.A., <laughs> Stay, you know, when I lived in Providence, I stayed in Providence until I moved all the way out here, and then I just and now you just stayed in LA. Yeah, I turned off my Google location services, partly out of paranoia, but mostly out of just like it makes me sad to look at how every day it's just like drive to work, drive home, drive to work, drive home. <laughs> That's my life. At no point is there a dot in San Francisco on my Google tracking. It's not a thing. Yeah. But I also turned it off because it's just creepy that it can yeah, see everywhere. Yeah, I understand that. Every Makes sense. Uh, okay, we're going to start with one of my clips. All right. We're going to go to the year. These are in no particular order. Okay. So we're going to start in the year 1982. Oh, good. Now, many episodes ago, I think in one of our Rebel Girls episode, mm. we watched a clip um, from X-Ray Specs. Yes. Which was the one where Polystyrene had that really screechy voice. Yes. And they had the saxophone in the band. I do remember that vividly. And I remember saying, like, her voice almost sounds like a saxophone mm-hmm. to me. And I like the way that her voice and the instrument play off each other. And I tried to say that it reminded me of another song by a new wave band with a sax in it. But I could neither remember the name of that band or the song I was trying to think of. So it just became a moment where I was talking for no reason. <laughs> and I should have edited it out. <laughs> no. But the clip we're going to watch now is that song by that band. Okay. It's called Never Say Never by Romeo Void. Oh, I know Romeo Void. Yeah, this was, yeah. A, this was a, like sort yeah. of a one-hit wonder for yeah. them. They're a San Francisco band. I did not know they were San Francisco. Yeah, they were like for a hot minute. Yeah. They formed uh, at San Francisco Art Institute. Oh, like of course Art school did. band, which makes sense. I think I know their other song, and maybe not this, because the video doesn't look familiar. Yes, yeah, um, a girl, what's it called? I'm blanking on it again. Why do I blank on Romeo Void song yeah. titles? But this was the, to me, this is the main one. And, um, you know, on our last mini episode, we talked about Extreme briefly. Yes. And the connection between Extreme and Romeo Void and another band we've talked about, Climax. Yes. All in my head. 
is they were all featured on the show Bands Reunited. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Which I talked about when we talked about Climax. Love that show. Uh, they tried to get Romeo Void back together. In yes. Episode. And that was actually how I first heard of Romeo Void. Oh, okay. Back in 2003. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, and they did get, I mean, the, the conceit of that show was they tried to reunite yeah. these bands. And sometimes they were successful and sometimes they weren't. With yeah. Extreme, they were not. Not at all. And I know why now because you pointed out it's because you know Bancourt fucked Gary Sherman's wife. <laughs> yes. And they didn't say that on the show. They really no. danced around yes. why they didn't like yes. each other. That's what I had heard. Yeah. But Romeo Void did get back together to perform. Okay. Except that the saxophone player had gone deaf. Oh, my from, God. Not completely, but profoundly yeah. from from playing music. Yeah. And so he couldn't play. So he kind of just like sort of sat on the sidelines and watched them and it was a little sad but yeah, yeah. oh I know the song now oh yeah I know exactly you know what it is I totally know the song I didn't know this was called Never Say Never yeah that's what it was that's interesting because they there was that moment where they're like oh they're gonna be yeah. they're gonna be a thing they were like like real hot not like that's what I remember yeah. Not like pop way, but like oh, they're gonna be like kind of big, edgy, like a band. like a talking head. Yes. Or a, yeah, yeah, like ooh, a critically critical, critical darlings and pop. Heads. Yeah, that that yeah. crosses over a bit. Yeah. Now, when you say that moment, do you mean that moment everyone hit wonder has? <laughs> yeah. When you're like, oh, this is the next big. This thing. is the next big thing. They're gonna be huge forever. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. Sometimes you hear a one hit wonder, you and you're know. like, oh, this is it yeah. for them. <laughs> you get it. You get it. Yeah. This, I've never seen this video. I just know the song. Yeah. And the video is very uh, art student Yeah, it's black and white, and they're just sort of performing in like a warehouse yeah. room or something. Yeah. I thought this song, I think this song came, was in 16 Candles as well. It's in a movie with Daryl Hannah called, uh, I can't remember. It's one word, it starts with an R. Uh, Reckless. Yes. Yes. It's in the movie Reckless. Because it stars, uh, I think it stars Aiden Quinn. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's That's like right. a dance scene yes. where they dance. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was that movie. Uh, is that what you were trying to think of or is it also in 16 Candles? It might be in 16 Candles mm. too. But uh, I remember seeing Reckless as well, like on yeah. video. And again, the, it's that, it's the 80s, let's have a sax. That's like yeah. every every eighties, but it's that sort of punk, punky sax. They went a little diff, definitely yeah. went different. They're like, yeah, if we're we're gonna make it noisy. Yeah, we don't care. And they're very new wave and like yeah. the true like art student sort of there, way. Yeah. And Deborah Ayal is the name of the That's lead singer, right. which I always remembered from watching Bands and Run because it's spelled like Deborah, but it's pronounced Deborah. Oh gosh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot from the show. Yeah, like this, this, this squeaky. That's very yeah. New wavy. I mean, that's a great hooky oh, chorus. Great, that, yeah. You know, we talked we talked earlier of a minute ago how lyrics don't matter. Yeah. But since I like this song, that looks that's great. a cool one. Yeah, it's a cool lyric. <laughs> it's you know hard to forget. Yeah. Yeah, now that I think of it, I don't remember their other song, because I thought their other song was this song. Oh, yeah. I always forgot the name of it. It was Never Say Never. Well, this is just a really, like, cool song. Oh, yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I just like I didn't know that they were a San Francisco band until no, I started I, doing research for this episode. I, I, like, I found a, for for most of my choices. I was only like one or two that I was like, oh yeah, they're from San Francisco. I didn't know. Right, because when I think of San Francisco, I think of the San Francisco sound, that like the hippie sound, yeah, the hate. 80s psychedelic. Oh yeah, I know yeah. you do. <laughs> I was worried, and I didn't know if you did, was that song, Are You Going to San Francisco? Ooh, no. That's God, it's too obvious a choice. I hate that song so much. And also, the point of these episodes is to do, to feature artists from that city. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know that he's from there so much oh, as he was okay. singing about the scene, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Who's that? Scott something? I can't remember. Okay. My memory is just shit. Well, <laughs> well, you know, you did a lot of drugs in the 60s. Yeah, Paul. I know. I just fried my brain. <laughs> yeah. Man. But it was worth it, man. Dude, you used stories if about you, you. If you remember it, you weren't there, man. <laughs> I mean, the stories that you tell rock? about yeah, man. <laughs> you, were, you at Woodstock is insane. <laughs> Mm. Woodstock 99, 99. watching Limp Biscuit lump across the stage <laughs> oh, God. doing As they sing break Nike. stuff Ugh. that song turns 20 this month oh boy yeah That's I wasn't really at Woodstock <laughs> I know I wouldn't have gone if I wanted no. to alright uh, let's talk about a band who I didn't know was a band oh no really I always thought it was a dude <laughs> yes that's a that's very funny because that's right. like a long running joke with the band yeah like Jethro Tull yes people think that's a guy it's a band yes this is the wonderful and underrated Pablo Cruz yeah I've heard Pablo Cruz before but I don't think I know a Pablo Cruz song yes I only know like two songs and yeah. this is the one I love the most yeah um but the big joke was, you know, they're a band, mm-hmm. and I guess people will go up to them and go, wait, which one of them is Pablo Cruz? Right. And their long-running joke was, oh, the guy in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a good joke. Good right. for them. As opposed to Hootie and the Blowfish when Darius Rucker was just like, my name's not Hootie. <laughs> not Hootie. Not <laughs> <laughs> uh, But uh, this is Pablo Cruz's Love Will Find A Way, which I think is like 78. Okay. And this, to me, just remind. I didn't know they are from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But this is like me... Being a little kid, like being driven around by my mom, and this is always on the radio. Is this like baby shit music? Is this? Uh, it will sound like it. It's that weird, like light term. rock. Yes. Is it yacht rock? Yes. Is it okay? Yes. You'll I hear mean, the you. name Pablo Cruz. I yes. I don't think I've ever heard them, but it evokes an expectation yes. in me. Yes. It will seem like yeah. It's it's yacht rock. Yeah. Yeah. Real pastel. Yes. And, yeah. I mean, it already grooves way yes. more than I expected it yeah. to. <laughs> I mean, this really takes it back to me just a, a little tiny kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's got that electric piano sound yep, behind I it. I love it. And look at these guys. Yeah, it's a little... It's a little... It's... <laughs> Somehow it's edgier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's yeah. it's rock. Yeah. So, uh, but to me, this is like the sound of like the mid to late 70s rock where it just all sounded like this. Like there are groups called yeah. Player, Ambrosia, Pablo <laughs> Cruz. They, yeah. they're, they're a little harder than like America or, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, I would have thought this was an L.A. band, like yeah. one of the Canyon bands or like yeah. the Eagles. Or, or like Looking Glass. Yeah. You know, the, all these bands that sound like that. But this song just reminds me of being a kid. Lots of hair and mustaches. Yes. 
And this uh, is this is actually not bad. This I is like better it. than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah, I don't recognize it though. Oh, okay, it was a it was a big hit in '78, yeah. and then they had another big hit called "What You Gonna Do," which is again like that middle of the road. Yeah, uh, but this will always be uh, me in a car in the back seat. Yeah, I can I can picture like being in the back seat at yeah. night coming home from a thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the feeling I get. Yeah, me. exactly. Yeah. And. Uh, the, you might know this The big joke Which makes me laugh When I saw it um, In Step Brothers Will Ferrell wears A Pablo Cruz t-shirt <laughs> And when I saw that I literally like Stood up in the theater I was like That's genius <laughs> Genius That he just wears A Pablo Cruz t-shirt yeah. Which I'm like You had to have made that There's yeah. no Pablo There were no Pablo Cruz t-shirt I don't know I feel like uh, you could probably find one on eBay, <laughs> but it was great. Tour T-shirt, from, and, yeah, uh, and it was like that. That the like, level find a way tour seventy-eight. Yeah. yeah, it was like a baseball jersey on, oh, like a ringer. T- oh, yeah. the three quarters. Yeah, three quarters. Oh, okay, yeah. But I mean, he's the, fuck, the fucking dude looks like Will Ferrell. Yeah, <laughs> this I looks mean, like a Will Ferrell character. Yeah. And I like this too because it's a guitar solo, but yeah. it's not an obnoxious guitar solo. No, it's a, it's yeah, it fits the song. It's mellow. Yeah. And these guys are just goofy. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, which is, that's why the 70s, like, 70s for like pop rock were just weird. Because yeah. it's just like, it was coming off of like the hippie thing and then the Laurel Canyon thing. And it's just kind of. And it's it's not quite yuppies yet because yes. that's 80s. Yes. But it's like the bridge between hippies really and yuppies. Is. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's not as, like, introspective as the Laurel Canyon stuff. Right. But it's not yet yuppie stuff. Yeah. It's, like, floral print t-shirts under white jackets. Yes. <laughs> yes, and, like, the backdrop is, like, palm trees. Yeah. Uh, which is weird. For, maybe they're playing somewhere, though. It's like, uh, that, I mean, the Blue Jean Committee sketch... Yes. Is very Steely Dan, but yes. it's also a little Pablo Cruz. Yes, exactly. That. They put that in there. Catalina well. Breeze. <laughs> I mean, again, it's such a good joke, it feels real. Mm-hmm. That's what's, what's great. But yeah, that's the yeah. little uh, Pablo Cruz. But this was a little Laurel Canyon in San Francisco. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about Jello Biafra. Okay, I know who that is. Who? Yeah, I think, feel like everyone knows who he is. In fact, I didn't even put in my notes... Jello Biafra is the lead singer of the Dead Kennedys. Yeah. Because I feel like that doesn't need to be explained. No, you just know. He's the lead singer of the Dead Kennedys, which are one of the angrier and more political punk bands of all time. Yes. And he's one of the angrier and more political punks of all time. But he's also like a super dweeb. <laughs> of course. Like if you've ever seen him interviewed, he's just really like excitable in like that Quentin Tarantino sort of way. Mm-hmm. Where he's just this motor mouth. But he's got this dorky, nasally voice, and he just comes off as a real, like, oddball. Is the Dead Kennedys... Did they do Holiday in Cambodia? Holiday in Cambodia, oh, okay. yeah. California, yeah. Uber Alice. Okay, yeah. right, I know those Holiday two. in Cambodia is the big one. That's what yeah. I know, yeah. Uh, but we're not going to listen to any of their music. We're going to watch a clip from 1979 when Jello Biafra ran for mayor of San Francisco. Now, the timing is... Uh, in November of 1978, Dan White murdered Harvey Milk and oh, yeah. George Moscone. George mm-hmm. Moscone was the mayor of San Francisco. So they had a special election to elect a mayor to mm-hmm. replace him. 
and Jello Biafra ran for mayor in that election. Wow. So we're going to watch a clip of like a little news coverage of him running for mayor. What is... Oh, so in 1979. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see some clips of the Dead Kennedys playing just as like B-roll. Give me convenience or give me death. Yeah, that's the name of the... Okay. What's his real name? Eric Boucher or something like that? <laughs> of course. It's all very satirical. I can't make it on my own. Ha! Man on the TV just laughed. Is he still alive? Yeah. Okay. Do they, like, do tour or are they together? They're still together, but he's not still alive. Yeah. I mean, there he is. He's. Weird. Oh, that's dumb. All I can say is, watch out. This guy's ready for mayor. Yeah. His name is Jello Biafra. He's the lead singer in a punk rock group whose hit song is Holiday in Cambodia. Campaigning for mayor, Jello. I love the square anchor explaining. Oh, so square. Let me explain punk rock to you. Those are not bad ideas at all. They're not. And the thing is, you'll hear some more of his ideas. And half of his platform was actual ideas like that. Mm-hmm. And the other half was like goofy culture fucking ideas. And he got all annoyed that the media only focused on the goofy ideas and not the real ones. It's like, well, dude. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> do, do it for real then and just yeah. give all your great ideas. Yeah. Relieve tension. Put up Dan White statues, also the public can throw eggs at them. The eggs would be sold by the park department. So again, Dan White is the guy who murdered uh, the mayor like less than a year ago. Yes, and he's running in the election to replace him. And part of his platform was we're going to put Dan White statues all over the city, and the parks department will pay for like eggs and tomatoes and rocks so that people can throw them at the statues. Not a great idea. I mean, it's it's funny. But, it's funny, but but it undercuts the yes. things that you're saying are actually exactly. good policy. If you really mean it, you go, "Oh, well, that's a waste of public money." Right. And but like you said, the thing about police officers should have to run oh, for their that's office. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. But then when you add this other thing, it's like, "Oh, the other thing must be a joke too." Yeah, so like it's you're all not a joke. serious. Yeah, you're like all a joke. Right? Yeah, but yeah, but like, that's also Jello Biafra for you. Yeah, like he wants to be taken seriously, but then he's always like, you know, Church of the Sub Genius. <laughs> yes. Yes. by the Civic Center Fountain rather than public deals or private deals behind the public's back like we have now. Jello says since he saw Mayor Diane Feinstein trying to clean up the tenderloin with a broom, he's decided to clean yeah, up her so neighborhood weird. with a vacuum cleaner. But that was the thing she really did as a publicity yeah. stunt. She like went out and was like sweeping up. Yeah. Like I'm going to clean up crime, blah, blah, blah. So then he went around with a shop vac do, like it's making fun of her. So goofy. Yeah. Which is like a good burn, but again, like how seriously do you want us yeah. to take you? It's a good burn if you're not running for mayor. Right. Yeah. Or or if the whole intention is to yes. just subvert. Yes. 
And I don't think he actually thought he was going to get elected. But then if you want to talk about real policies on top of it, you're only subverting yourself. Yeah, you're hurting yourself. He's also starting to show up at candidates' nights. And as you might imagine, he was quite a hit at the recent meeting of the Nob Hill Neighbors Association. For those of them who have seen my candidacy as a publicity stunt or a joke, they should keep in mind that it is no more of a joke and no less of a joke than anyone else they care to name. Like, he's obviously an intelligent oh, very guy, yeah. but a weird Yeah, it's kind of getting in his own way. Francisco's problems, whether San Francisco likes it or not. And if you're skeptical, remember that stranger things than Jello Viafra have happened to San Francisco. As his motto says, there's always room for Jello. <laughs> he used that as his campaign slogan. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. So, I, I think I told this story before on an old episode, but I want to tell it again because it bears repeating in context. Sure. There was a, uh, you know, they do a show at the Upright Citizens Brigade called Ask Cat, which is like the feature show mm. for the main performers. Uh, they do an improv show called Ask Cat. And um, they always have like a guest monologist. So mm. they'll have a celebrity guest come. And when they take, you know, the one word suggestion from yeah. the audience, the monologist will use the suggestion as a springboard to tell personal stories mm. And then the comedy improvisers will use the personal stories to create improv scenes. Yeah. And that's the structure. And the monologists aren't always comedians. They're actors, musicians, mm-hmm. and all kinds of people. And uh, one of the one of the uh, actors in ASCAT is a guy named John Ross Bowie. Mm-hmm. He was He's on like Big Bang Theory. He was on that show Speechless. He's a comedian. Okay. And he's a big punk guy. And I remember listening to a podcast where he was talking about how one time Jello Biafra was the monologist on an ass cat that he was performing in. Yeah. And he was like, he was so psyched to meet him because, you know, he was, he was a teenager in yeah. the early eighties and dead Kennedys were his band. He like was obsessed with the band, worshiped Jello Biafra and like, couldn't wait to meet him. He's like, and after the show, you know, I just went up to him and I was thanked him for doing the show. Mm-hmm. and was just like, you know, briefly told him, how much the dead Kennedys yeah. meant to me. And then Jello Biafra started talking to me and like, eventually it was just like, you know, I'm looking at my watch. <laughs> I'm just know. like, okay, like I gotta go. Like, Jello, I gotta go. Dude. Yeah. Like the dude just oh. wouldn't shut up. But you know, that's, that's, that's Jello him. Biafra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so funny to see, especially uh, with time passing where like, to me, the dead Kennedys seem like they're, and they sound it. They're edgy and hardcore. Yeah. But he is so goofy. He is, but he's also like, he is seriously political. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Which is how he acts. is so yeah. goofy that yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, punk is can be goofy. Yeah, because he's he's subversive and satirical, but then also deadly serious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's many things. Yeah, so, so he didn't win. <laughs> really? He came in third out of... Ten. That's pretty darn good. Not bad, but he only got three point seventy nine percent of the vote. Yeah, with six thousand five hundred ninety one total votes. Okay, so like all the punk fans in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And uh, and Diane Feinstein did win. All right, the election, and then later she became. Now she's senator. She's our senator. Like, that was the beginning yeah. of her political. Good career. for her. She became. Well, she I beat Jello. I don't know. <laughs> Joe Biafra could be our senator could right, be right now, now right? If he, had be, if he had been elected mayor if back then. If he just taken it a little more seriously. Yeah, if only. Yeah. Uh, so that was just, 
the dead. I had to talk about the dead Kennedys, sure. but like, I don't need to talk about the dead Kennedys music, and I know you don't want to hear the dead <laughs> Kennedys music. No, this was so I thought I'd talk about the time that Jello ran for mayor of I San Francisco. Never ever knew that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's deal with this next song. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which I'm curious to know how much you actually like it. I to, love to how it. much it's just like nostalgic for you. I loved it when it came out. Okay. Uh, I love it now. Right. I loved it when it was done in Boogie Nights. Cause I was going to bring up Boogie yes. Nights because that's what it makes me think. Yes. Uh, this It makes me think of other things that are personal, yeah. uh, which I'll get into. This is Night Ranger's Sister Christian. Yeah. Which big is... Big huge hit. Big huge hit. Didn't, another band didn't know they were from San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I knew that they were from yeah. there, no. They had a hit before. They're, obviously, this is their huge hit. I think this is the only Night Ranger song I know. They had a song... This is from their second album, which I don't even remember the title. But yeah. they had a, like a medium hit, uh, which was a rocker called Don't Tell Me You Love Me. It doesn't sound familiar. And to me. it was like a medium hit. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't as huge as Sister Christian. Yeah. And it was sung by their lead singer. The guy that sings this is the drummer, uh, and the drummer wrote this for his sister. Oh, okay. And uh, which was weird to me because I knew them with "Don't Tell Me You Love Me," and then I see this, I was like, "Wait, the drummer's singing this?" <laughs> so it's really weird. Okay. Um, but yeah, let's hear a little uh, "Night Ranger Sister Christian." Yeah. I love this. And I'll song. just think of Alfred Molina. And that weird Asian guy throwing firecrackers. Which is one of the best uses of a Night Ranger song ever. That scene is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's that and then it goes into Jesse's Girl. Yes. Or is it vice versa? Uh, It's vice versa. Okay. It's vice versa. This, when I saw, when I heard this on uh, um, uh, the movie, on Boogie Nights, I was literally like, oh my God, he gets me. Yeah. (laughs) And I think every guy my age was like, oh my God, oh my God. Because this was everywhere. And it's very anthony it's very come sail away. Yes. Like it starts so. with the piano yeah. and then it starts very to rock, much. kind of. Um, and the whole video is about this girl who's graduating and then like wants to meet sister, wants to meet Night Ranger <laughs> and then sees him in a, in a diner or something like that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the video. It's a, it's a very serious video. What year did the song come out? 80... Boy, oh boy. 81, 82, something like that? No, I think it was 83, 84. Was it that late? Yeah. Okay. See, it's the drummer singing, which I find fascinating. And so one of those guitars is actually the lead singer. Okay. I mean, I don't hate this. Uh Uh-huh. It's just very make fun of It's easy to make fun of. Yeah. But this was... that little hook of the motor Like, that's cool. From my memory, uh, this is where I associated with before I take credits, before Boogie Nights, yeah. we put this in a play that we did in Chicago. Oh. Where uh, it's a play called White Trash Wedding and a Funeral, where they're at a wedding and they, this is the um, the couple song. Okay. And in the middle of the motor and everyone just drops everything and starts doing the heavy metal song. Yeah. <laughs> and then goes right back into yeah. the song. Because Night Ranger's so metal. Because Night Ranger's so metal. So Night Ranger just sounds like some like action drama that would have been on USA in yeah, the 90s right which is like yes. like Lorenzo Lamas before he did Renegade <laughs> right or Richard Grieco yes I, oh my god yes exactly it's, <laughs> Lorenzo Lamas yeah. is the Night Ranger the Night Ranger it's, the, it's, the, it's all the chorus it's yeah. this fucking oh, yeah. it's, which is great and it's also that drum beat too yeah um, and this is also the time where, yes, you're going to have a bandana around your neck. <laughs> it, it makes sense that it was a hit. Yeah, it really does. 
And here's the next. Yeah, now here's a guitar solo I don't like. Yeah, the shreds. <laughs> shreds on Sister Christian. But Night Rangers, I love that. Night Ranger also, to me, is a great name for a band because it sounds like made up. Yeah. It's like a fake name for a band. It sounds like what it is. Like, it could be heavy metal or it could be soft rock. Yeah. And it's kind of both. Yes. It, it doesn't it, really it, commit it to either. Yeah. yeah. We should, I'm, after the show, we're going to dial up Don't Tell Me You Love Me because it sounds completely different. Yeah. All right. Um, and I don't know if this was a conscious effort. There, she was looking at the band. Ooh. Um, I don't know if this was one of those conscious efforts to, like, let's get a hit. I mean, it's such an anthem. It's, I feel yeah, like it must it have been. It could have been. Yeah. But I know it was written for his sister. Yeah. But uh, it could have been. My favorite part of the video is about to come. It's about to happen. It drives me crazy every time. I love it. Um, so, yeah, the girls are getting dressed up to go flirt with the band. Yeah. But the band's not there. <gasps> oh, no. But here's my favorite part. That. Where he drums and then turns real seriously to sing, <laughs> not look at the camera, but sing away from the. Why drums. does that drive you so I crazy? I love it. I don't oh, know. you love it. I love oh, it. I thought you hated it. No, I find it oh, so yeah. dramatic. Yeah, I love that it. That's a good move. Yeah, it's a strong move. I kind of wish that I'd been sixteen in nineteen eighty four, so I could be driving at night <laughs> listening to oh, this. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, this was either like it's somewhere between eighty four, eighty five, eighty six. Yeah. But yeah, you cranked the fuck out of this. <laughs> I mean, you just let it be known that you were going to play Night Ranger as you, you know, drove to the diner. Yeah. Yeah. And that song ends on uh, Mario they, Speedwagon or something. That's right. Yeah. They never, and, and, and I, I don't even think they had another hit after this. No, I know them for Sister Christian and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, something way different. Let's talk about Coach Whips. I have no idea what that no, is. No, you wouldn't know who this band is. Uh, this is a band from the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. led by a guy named John Dwyer. Now, the reason I'm doing this clip is because they are a San Francisco band. Mm-hmm. All of John Dwyer's bands have been based in San Francisco. His first band was called Pink and Brown, then mm-hmm. uh, then Coach Whips, and then his most famous and current band is The O.C.'s. Oh, I don't know any of those, huh? All of them based in San Francisco. But he's from Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, look at that. And all the other guys in Pink and Brown were from Providence. And then they moved out to San mm-hmm. Francisco and started the band. But they were sort of disciples of that Fort Thunder scene that I've talked about. That, okay. That lightning bolt yes. we're a part of. Yeah. You remember watching the lightning totally. bolt clip? This is going to be just like that. Oh, my God. Oh, no. So this is Coach Whips. When they reunited to play South by Southwest in 2014... And it's, it's that sort of Providence-style noise rock. Okay. So they're San Francisco, but the background is they're very Providence. Their heart is, yeah. Yeah. And do you remember how that lightning bolt clip, that, that, that way they play where they're just sort of in the middle of the floor and the fans are all sort of yes. just crushing yes, around them? Yes, stressed me. Coach Whips play the same way. Oh, no. So you're going to hate I'm this. I'm going to be stressed. But I love this. And I just love that this San Francisco band I get to talk about yeah. because they're so Providence. They're so Providence. I know that they're Providence. Oh, yeah. Oh, I... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really claustrophobic. It's Yeah, it's not even so much that I'm... I know... I was just so called. <laughs> just that close up, I'm like, just ease yeah. up off me. Oh, too claustrophobic. Yeah. I respect coaches for going, yeah, get close as you want. Yeah. I don't, we, we want that. 
but it freaks me out. Yep. Like they're right on top of them. Yeah. And like they're okay with being touched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, no, don't do that. No, I don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the music in it, and it rules to watch. But I don't want to be there. Are the other bands of John Dwyer's similar? Yeah. They all have the same basic yeah. sound. And so, how many are in this band? Four? I can't even tell. Is man. that woman a part of it? Or did she just grab a. Yeah, I don't remember the tambourine player. And this is the, like, reunion show. Okay. And are you a fan of all three bands, or are you just... Mostly cultural. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got into them when they put out their album, Bangers vs. Fuckers, in 2000. Uh, I love that. 2004. Because I just remember reading a good review of it and yeah. then downloading some songs. And uh, I've talked before about how my boss, when I was temping at the blood bank... Yes. Was the guy who's in a, in a Providence band called Only No Sound System? Yes. And the way I was able to relate to him, I was like, "Oh, like, do you know John Dwyer?" He's like, "Yeah, I know John." He's like, "Fucking taught him everything he knows." Like, he's like <laughs> he got everything from me. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Uh... Yeah, I love this shit. This the song isn't so bad to me. Yeah, it's just it's just all that. Like you just know it's real sweaty and hot. And... I mean, some people love that kind of thing. Yeah, they crazy. just want to be in it. Yeah, and it's not even a mosh. They're all just sort of like yeah. they're not shoving each other. They're all just like crowding on top of the band and like really grooving on the song. But you also see the people who are closest to the yeah. band. They sort of self police. Like yes. they're holding their own arms out to keep people from yes. like actually falling on top of them. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, people are like reaching out and just yeah. like touching them, and it's all very, like you said, sweaty, sweaty and hot. close, yeah, and bodies. And, but, oh, yeah, definitely yeah, smelling. Yeah, definitely smelling. Yeah. But there's, it, there feels like there's an understanding there. Yeah, we're like, we're be gonna, cool. Yeah, like we, yes. don't be an asshole. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like all, you know, subcultures and underground yes. societies. Exactly. Like everyone knows the rules. Yes. And we, we can police ourselves. We'll take care of those who don't. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I just wanted to watch Coach <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Now let's, I mean, we went from, we're, we're going to get whiplash. We went from <laughs> Night Ranger to Coach Whips. Now we're going to talk about my first favorite band. That's right. But this is your clip. This is my clip. Who we talked about in our second ever episode. Which is a shame that we're waiting so long to go again. I mean, we should have these guys on every episode <laughs> somehow. It's Huey Lewis in the News. Huey Lewis in the News. Yeah. So I knew yeah. we were from San Francisco. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of like Huey a Huey Lewis deal. is famously from San Francisco. Yes. Yeah. Uh, formerly, uh, they originally called Huey Lewis in the American Express. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew very, he was, he very was in a band on. before them called Clover. Yeah. Who famously were Elvis Costello's backing band on his first album. Oh, I remember hearing something like that. Yeah. Yeah, they originally for a hot minute were like Huey Lewis and the American Express. I didn't know that. And then became Huey Lewis and the News. And I'm going to repeat this joke because it's my favorite joke in the world. <laughs> yeah. That uh, I, back in doing theater in Chicago, I'm going to give credit to uh, a guy I know named Mike Meredith. Uh-huh. Uh, he just, I don't know if he ad-libbed it right there or thought of it and brought it on stage. 
But he's like, yeah, I'm real excited to hear about the new Hugh Lewis Soul album. No news is good news. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's the greatest joke I've ever heard. <laughs> top five, maybe top three. I uh, love it. Yeah. Um, so this is from their second album, I believe. Picture this. This is from Picture This? I yes. thought this was on sports. No, sports was their big one. This isn't sports. Okay. This is Picture This. This was right after, because you did... Um, Do You Believe in Love? Which is, we agree. Is oh, that makes sense, because this video... Yes, yes. yes. So we did, we did Do You Believe in Love. Yeah. We're now doing Working for a Living, which was their next single. It wasn't as big. Yeah. But as you commented on, it's the exact same video set. I didn't realize we were doing Working for a Living. I thought it was uh, we were doing I Want a New Drug, which is on, which is on sports, right? It is on sports. Okay. So, yes. yeah, yeah. We were doing Working for a Living, which is very uh, kind of new wavy rocky for them. Yeah. As I said way back in episode two, I since I was four years old, Always preferred picture this to sports. Yeah, it's a good picture. Idea. This is my favorite. I mean, I like sport. I mean, sports was like everyone had sports. Yeah, everyone had it. Yeah, I think there's nine songs of it. Like six of it were hits. Like I said, then when I was four years old, I used to spin two LPs of my parents: <laughs> Thriller and Sports, which That's were the amazing. which were the two albums that everyone had. I mean, they were huge. Yeah, they were absolutely huge. Yeah, but this is probably one of my favorite Huey Lewis songs. This okay. So we have to talk about the video because we watched the video for um, Do You Believe in Love? Yes. And it had that weird thing where they were watching that woman sleep yeah, and then exactly. they all get in the bed with her. Yeah, it was all really weird. Yes. But yes. that was intercut with just like them performing the yes. song. So the video for Working for a Living is them performing this song. Yes. But it looks exactly like the other video. And, and it is. Yes, because they're wearing the same clothes and they're on the same set. Yes. They very clearly shot both the same afternoon. Yes, they're just like, let's just do two back to back. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense back yeah. in the eighties. I mean yeah, this is this is a, this sounds a little like new wave edgy, more so than, you know, sports or four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're still just like they're like a bar band. Yeah, it's still bar band. yeah. I love when I was four years old, man, this was the coolest thing this I could is imagine. That great song. Yeah. And they all look so young. Except for Huey. He always just he sort of looked look, the same. He looks yeah. 45 always. Yeah. <laughs> and I still think John Hamm reminds me of Huey Lewis. John Hamm reminds me of Huey Lewis? Yes. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. John Hamm, Scott Bakula, and Huey Lewis all look alike what? to me. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that might be the most confused thing I've ever heard you say. No, they're all like. They just look handsome in the same way to me. John Hamm is clearly. More charismatic and stunning than. Well, yeah, Huey I mean, Lewis. yeah, Huey Lewis is a mulleted '80s rocker, yeah. and John Hamm is a classically handsome yeah. actor. I'm not saying they're equally good looking. I'm just saying they have the same vibe. No. All right. <laughs> no, but let's hear some harmonica. Oh, that's what he's famous for. Yeah. And for a while, they had a they had a guy played saxophone too. Um, I think it was like the. Keyboard or some drummer or something. Oh, they they've always had a saxophone. Yeah, there is actually, yeah. yeah. But like, it's crazy. Like, sports was unbelievable, and yeah. then four came out. And you're just like, oh my god, they're yeah. huge. And then I'd say, although I ride hard for Power of Love, I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as when I was a little kid, apparently I used to call that the credit card song. 
Tower of Love? Yes, Don't because... The credit card to ride this train? Yes. When I was a little boy, That's I called it the credit card. Adorable. <laughs> That's great. I was so cute. You're so cute. But yeah, the, when we did that second episode, the topic was music videos from 1981 to 1983. Yes. The point being the first years of MTV. Yes. And you can see, like... The fact that they made those two videos at the same time and didn't even bother with a costume change or yeah. nothing is just kind of like, we don't know how to make music videos. Yeah. I guess we should just make make all of the single the videos for all the singles at once. Yeah, right, that's guys? what we should do. Save and some money. And everyone's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Someone went, hey, we're going to do that first video, Do You Believe in Love? Let's just do let's just do Working for a Living. Is yeah. And they're like, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, we booked the studio. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It makes financial sense. But then it turned out that don't do that. <laughs> because really then, fast. Because then your two videos look exactly the same. Yes. Yeah. And really fast. People are like, we should do other videos. And then the rest of the Huey Lewis videos just became wacky. Yeah. There's some wacky ones. Yeah. They yeah. got really, really goofy. There's, here's a fun fact about Huey Lewis that I don't think I've ever mentioned before that I learned when I watched the Behind the Music episode uh-huh. about Huey Lewis, which was the worst Behind the Music ever because there's such a jo- drama-free band. Oh, yeah. They were like all good friends. Everything was fine. Yeah. Yeah. But here's a fun fact about Huey Lewis. He's a math genius. I vaguely He got like a that. perfect score on his SATs and was going to like be a math PhD. But oh, then my God. he was God. like, nah, I want to be a... Harmonica playing street musician in San Francisco instead. Ah, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Then super smart dude. Super smart dude. Yeah. And now he's like going through. He's losing his hearing. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he, like true. about a month ago, they're like, "Yeah, I've so much. I spent my life doing music. I can't really didn't hear wear anymore. airplugs. Yeah, yeah. Those airplugs exactly. in people. Yep. All right. Tell me about this next oh, clip. Now I had no, this was one of those. Uh, hey, who's from San Francisco? Let's take a look. Yeah. And then I was like, Sylvester's from San Francisco? Uh-huh. The, the lisping cat? Yeah. Okay. Yes. No. This is a... Uh, you will know this song because any any movie that takes place in the 70s and is about disco has this song. <laughs> I recognize the name Sylvester, but I yeah. can't place what yes. this is. This is You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. Uh, Sylvester is originally from Watts. Uh, oh. And then, like in his early, it was like you know, rough upbringing, homeless, and then uh, but could sing wonderfully and had a really amazing falsetto. Yeah. And so then, I guess when he was twenty two, he moved to San Francisco and uh, became part of that scene. And then when disco came, he did. Uh, you make me feel mighty real. So this is San Francisco disco. Roughly, yeah. Okay, San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. Well, it didn't become enough of a scene for that to <laughs> no. catch on, I guess. Yeah. But that's what they would have called it. They should have missed opportunities. <laughs> All right, yeah. This... I mean, it's, it's so disco. This is peak disco. Yes. This is almost a parody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're like, let's do a joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. feel like this probably appears in Boogie Nights at a yeah. certain point. I mean, it's right? in like, and it's like Studio 54. Yeah. Anytime they're also like, here's a documentary about disco, they will play this song. Yeah. yeah. Like at the beginning while they're explaining an yeah. overview of what disco, disco was. Disco was yeah. a dancing phenomenon. So yeah, that's Sylvester. Okay. He's always sang in this falsetto. And I were big, I do remember this song. But I was a kid, yeah. So I thought it was a woman. I was gonna. I was just about to say it's. It has that disco androgynous yes. thing of like, is this 
a dude singing falsetto or a woman with sort of a husky yeah. voice? Yeah, I, and, and to me, you know, I was like seven. I was like, oh, because yeah. it's, uh, it's, I heard it on the radio. I was like, oh, this must be a woman. Why is she named Sylvester? I don't know. <laughs> Um, Ooh, cool yes. costume change. Yes, nice costume change. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he passed away from HIV, like, in 88 or so. Uh, but he was a very, like, once he stopped doing disco, he was a huge advocate. That was kind of his life. During before. HIV? Yeah. Uh, became, epidemic? Yeah, he became a huge HIV advocate. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, was this a one-hit wonder? Or did he have yeah. a hit? Oh. I think he had a couple other disco songs, but if you go Sylvester, this is a song. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, I've heard this. I just yeah. didn't place it by the name or yeah. the... Yeah. It's very... It's it's the textbook dictionary of disco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was also... I think he was also behind or close to... There was a um, disco group of two large women called Two Tons of Fun. Okay. And he was a part of them. I think he like worked with them. Oh, Okay. But yeah, any like any disco song, any, any disco movie, documentary show. Yeah. I would not be surprised if because you watch Pose. Oh yeah, and I think this was in Pose. I was just about to say I haven't seen every episode yeah. of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh yeah, but I'll bet they use this song for one of the lip sync battles at yeah, the end of the episode. Happen. Yeah, it's like a standard. Yeah, it's the Hotel California, <laughs> of, except it's good. Right. Um, it's just quintessential. Yes, it's quintessential. Yeah. And again, we can't confirm if cocaine was involved, but you look at the video, yeah, and you go, there's cocaine. Yeah. I mean, it's 1978, you know, they were passing out cocaine in elementary school. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like, you're, you're, you're not that far off where apparently it was like, there's this thing called cocaine. Yeah. It's like you it, watched your third grade teacher do key bumps at school, didn't you? Like you the board. Just, just do, do whatever's on the board. Yeah. I mean, like it was a party. That's like, like there. It was touted as like it's. It gives you a bump of energy, and yeah. you don't get addicted. Yeah, yeah. Which you're like, yeah, you do. <laughs> really bad. Right. And I'm a huge fan of the um, the shiny warm up jackets. Which were very 70s. Oh, right, that right, the, right. The, the tracksuit yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that before, that there was a time where people thought that cocaine wasn't addictive. Yeah. It was well, like I, was a, I was a little kid in the 80s where when I was six years old, I was seeing PSAs about, like, don't do crack cocaine. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> it's so addictive <laughs> it's, and you'll die. You will die. I got that message burned into my brain when oh, I was yeah. in first grade. But, like, uh, I just doing... because. Uh, having never done cocaine, I am fascinated by it. Yeah, uh, because it that. was like they had like ads for like cocaine paraphernalia in the seventies in magazines. Yeah, just like ooh, look at this fancy coke spoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's here's Send a, away for it. Here's a diamond studded cocaine vial. You can put right. your cocaine in. Yeah, it's fine. like Playboy. It's yeah, like yeah. It's really, really bizarre. Yeah, but yeah, this is definitely a. a Cocaine field song. <laughs> oh, this was on uh, what was the what was the HBO show with Maggie uh, Gyllenhaal and uh, Oh, the Deuce. Yeah, it's, it was on the Deuce. Oh, I've been I've been watching that recently, so that's probably why. Yeah. It's, it seems it was in the Deuce like as well. Four yeah. my brain. Classic classic disco song from a San Francisco in. Yes. <laughs> yep. San yep. Francisco. Yep. I said it. Now. I said it. You said it. It's now a thing. Um, We're gonna make it. Yeah, but let's take another hard turn. 
uh, and talk about the Flamin' Groovies. Do you know the Flamin' Groovies? I, you know what? I want to say I do, but I bet you I don't. They're they're one of those bands that music nerds love, but mm-hmm. that never made it big. Mm-hmm. But they're one of the great early power pop bands. From what decade? Well, they originally formed in 1965 okay. in San Francisco. And then they sort of like couldn't settle on a sound. Mm-hmm. And then their front man or like one of their founders left the band in 1971. And then he got replaced. And then that guy sort of pointed them in the direction of power pop. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know this band then. No, maybe no. not. Maybe not. I, I, If you had said you did, I would have been like, okay. Yeah. Like, because you're a music fan. Yeah. But it also makes sense that you have. Yeah. Um, but this is just one of their... This is a song from... I mean, they didn't really pop until the late 70s. Mm-hmm. But they'd been around for a while then. Wow. Since they didn't pop until the late 70s, but it started in 65. Yeah. Their, their big album is called Shake Some Action. And mm-hmm. that came out in 76. Okay. And it's sort of considered like... An immediate precursor to punk. Oh, okay. But in the way that power pop is. Yeah. Um, but this song is from 72. This is a non-album single called Slow Death. And the only reason I picked this one is because there is not a lot of video of this band. Yeah. But this is the only, like, footage of them performing I could find. And I don't know what it's from. But it's pretty cool. I love... I, I'm enjoying the name already. Yeah. And it's... it's This is them right when they were transitioning between their early period mm-hmm. and their, like, power pop period. Yeah. And I'm curious to see if you'll like this. But I love... I love this thing. That's not them. That's okay. just an intro to the video on YouTube. Look at them. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that guy. <laughs> I could give a fuck that this is a video. Yeah. No, I don't. I, this isn't bad. The bass player's playing a Fender Mustang, Ooh. which is the bass I want. This is so early 70s. What is. Yeah. But you see, like, they're a little bit hippies, but also sort of proto punk. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow, this is fascinating. Yeah, like they're still carrying on that San Francisco, yeah. that 60s San Francisco thing. But now they're finding a different sound. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. see what you mean, because it's not really hippie music. It's not real classic rock. Right, but they're not doing it the way like the New York Dolls or the Stooges yeah. are doing it. But they're sort of getting there. Yeah, yeah. And it's a little harder than pure power pop. That's weird, because it doesn't sound power pop to me. Right. Later stuff is more power pop. Yeah. But. What was their big hit then? Uh, Shake Some Action is the, okay. is the album that's like the classic album. I mean, these guys are fascinating to look at. Yeah. I wonder what they shot this for. Yeah, exactly. 72? Yeah. Wow. And also, it's interesting, too, that they're all... They all have different looks. Yeah, they don't have a cohesive look. They're almost like Cheap Trick that way. Yeah, exactly. There's like three or four different looks going on with like, this band. Yeah, this guitar player in the leather sort of reminds me of Mario, the bass player from the news. Yeah. With his shades yeah. and his like studded yeah. leather jacket. He's, yeah. And then like... 
And then the lead singer's a little hippie-ish. Yeah. And the bass player's a Japanese guy who looks like James Eha from the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. So they've really... There's... They don't look like anyone else. No, not yeah. at all. Not at all. And even the name, like the Flamin' Groovies, seems like a name that they came up with in '65. Yeah, and they're like when they just, formed, yeah, and it, just, it didn't age. The, to, it with it their doesn't sound. fit as much. Yeah, yeah. But they rule. And also sounds like uh, a couple of different influences. Because some of it, like some of that guitar, it sounds a little like. This is not what correct, but like a little Leonard Skinnerty, like that twang. Yeah, a little, yeah. That but twang. like, there's some '60s garage yeah, in yeah. there. There's a whole lot of influences going on in this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that crazy about the song, but I could stare at them forever. I love both. They're so fascinating. Yeah. A looking band. And like I said, they're one of those bands like Big Star that like never yeah. quite made it, but yeah. music nerds are like, they're the best. I can see music nerds going, oh, Flaming Groovies were like my yeah. favorite. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like everyone's kind of doing their own thing. It yeah. is really like this fascinating dynamic. Like they're here. really not chasing any trends. They're just doing their <laughs> own thing. Exactly right. They're just yeah. like we're doing this. If you don't like it, fuck but you. But that's also I think why they, part, partly why they never made it is because yeah. they weren't trying to like yeah. be marketable. Had they been a little more cohesive right. they would have probably done better but wouldn't have been as cool. Yeah. 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 But I I know them as, as legendary San Francisco bands. Yeah. Look at that. Alright. Oh tell us God. about We're going to do such a such a deep ridiculous this is a really schizophrenic episode but I love that especially because like when we focus that's what I like about these city focused episodes is you get to see like the different scenes and the different styles of music that come out of one place yes now this like Sylvester I kind of had an idea who it was Pablo Cruz I kind of had heard of them I have no idea what this next oh Shantae Moore I've been wanting to put Shantae Moore on on this podcast forever Shantae Moore sounds like the name of a musical artist that you would be (laughs) into she is an R&B singer uh, that broke big in uh, 91 oh this is 90s okay yeah this is 92 she had a song called Candlelight in You off of a soundtrack that I'm completely forgetting now. And they're like, oh, you need your own album. So she came up with this album uh, called Precious, yeah. which was her debut album, which in the R&B community was huge. Had like three big hits. Was there any crossover? Because I don't recognize no. the name at all, but no. I was aware of music. There was there was no crossover. Okay. Uh, but this is my favorite song for her. It's the exact opposite of the Flaming Groovies. You're going to be like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> could it be more Kirk? Uh, it's called Love's Taken Over. And you, you probably won't like it that much, but you might like the bass line because okay. it's very prominent. And Just early 90s R&B. Yes, and she is stunning. And is to this day still stunning and still like recording. All right, it's already funkier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it grooves. Kind of reminds me of En Vogue a little. Yeah, yeah, very. You'll hear it you be like, oh, I thought this was En Vogue. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's that early 90s, like, we're just going to fucking groove. Yeah, it's that thing where I don't recognize the song, but it reminds me of the time. Yes, yeah. exactly. Not the band, the time. <laughs> the, the period of yes. early 90s R&B. Yeah, yeah. so this was, a, this was her first single off of it, and then she had a bunch of other singles off of it. 
uh, she's born in San Francisco. And so she then did a second album uh, that didn't do as well called The Love Supreme, which that's rough. That's rough to call a love supreme. Yeah. Don't don't bite from Coltrane. Yeah. And then she had a third album which had a big song on it, just which is a funkier song called Shantae's Got a Man, <laughs> which is great. Shantae got a groove back, which was written for her then husband, who you appreciate, Kadeem Hardison. From a different world? Yeah. Oh, nice. She mar- married and had a kid. She married Dwayne Wayne? She made Dwayne Wayne. Okay. They didn't. It didn't last, but they had a kid. Oh, all right. Um, she married Dwayne Wayne, and this, the Shantae's Got a Man was for him. Cool. Yeah. Um, I like this. I love I mean, I play this all the time. Yeah. And she even has, uh, on this album, this is the first song off the album. Yeah. Uh, like, the first song on the track album. Side one, one, track one. Yeah. Yep. Last track. Loves taking over the Quiet Storm remix, Ooh. which is like almost seven minutes long, yeah, and takes out all the funk. So it's yeah, just, I can hear how this would become a yes, Quiet Storm it, track. They take out all the funk, and it's yeah. just her voice and the keyboards and rain. Yeah, <laughs> actual rain yeah. sound effects, and you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna look for that. It's great. But, yeah, she was one of those, she came out and I was like, well, I love Shantae Morna. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little generic. Like, I don't think it'll get stuck in my head. No, it's straight up generic nine. But I do like it. Yeah. 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out that Quiet Storm remix. Yeah. I, you should be able to find it on YouTube. It's yeah. great. <laughs> and it's just real long and slow and it's yeah. great. Um, but this gets still played on... Um, on R&B oldies. Yeah. This, I, this is exactly Kirk music. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And she's, she recorded, she kept recording, I mean, I think she had an album in like 2014 or 15. Yeah. So she still records. Still looks like this. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, like, she is gorgeous. Yeah. But it's funny, I didn't think of it until you said it. There is like, a, it, this could have been in both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I had said, "Hey, this Paul Zimbo," you'd have been like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah." It's just like got that just that sound from that time. Yeah, it's just yeah. that sound. But it's a little more jazzy, like yes. pre acid jazz than yeah that like that New Jack Swing hangover that you get from yeah. like SWV or something yeah. like this. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Which is what makes it Kirk music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It delves into a little more jazzy, right. acid jazz. Right. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I was like, "This says MTV." Yeah. And I was like, "I don't ever remember this on MTV." I used to have to watch <laughs> this on BET. Did they do like a R&B blocker show? They like, must have done an R&B blocker yeah. something. Because that's like me with a lot of like alternative. And college rock, yeah. where I'm like, oh, there's a video for this song, but it's the type of thing that they would show like on 120 minutes exactly. and only on 120 minutes. Exactly. And it's not like they're gonna play it during the day on no. just any old Thursday. Yeah. So I don't, but I don't remember there being like an R&B focused show like on MTV. Yeah. This to VH, me would, I'm surprised I didn't see it on VH1. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. VH1, and then this would be. Video. Especially at this time. Yeah. 92? Like 92 is the peak of when I was watching yeah. a lot of VH1. This would have fit in perfectly. Maybe it just kind of glossed over. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so, like you said. Well, you said so it wasn't awesome. a crossover hit. So. No, it was not yeah. particularly. No. Yeah. All right, we got one clip left, and 
like I said, the main thing I think about with San Francisco is the San Francisco sound. Yeah. Those psychedelic rock bands from the 60s that yeah. you hate. Yes. And the, the, the number one of those, even more than the Grateful Dead, who we're definitely not going to talk about. Yes. Is Jefferson Airplane. Yes. Who I know you don't like. <laughs> yes. I like them. I like Jefferson uh, Star- Starship. Yes. And their song Jane. Jane's great. Which you've mentioned before. Yes. And their other song that I like is great too. I can remember. And I'll even admit, I like the Jefferson Airplane and I appreciate the Jefferson Airplane, but I like Jane more than any Jefferson uh, yeah. Airplane song. Good. I really do. So let's watch Jane. Oh, let's are you watch the Jefferson Starship doing Jane on the TV show Friday. Oh my God, I love that. In 1981, that is so 80s. So here's a couple things to introduce this clip. Yes, because it's on Fridays, they're going to be introduced by Father Guido Sarducci, of course, <laughs> played by Don Novello, uh, who's just a great. I don't know. If people know who Father Guido You've Sarducci got you. is. People, right? come on. If you were alive in the 80s and yes. 90s, you know that character. Um, and then, interestingly, he introduces each member of the band. Which Does is he? cool. Wow. Yeah, he stays there and he talks about them and he says who each member of the band is. So, just to give some context, this is from 1981. Mm-hmm. The song is from the band's 1979 album. Mm-hmm. The vocals on this song, which are awesome, uh, have Mickey Thomas yes. doing lead vocals. But I he did do the original? He did do the That's original. That's what I thought, yeah. Thing is, he joined the band in 79. After Marty Balin and Grace Slick, who were core members of Jefferson mm-hmm. Airplane and founders of Jefferson Starship, quit the band. I did not know that Grace Slick... Grace Slick was not in Jefferson Gra- Starship? She was at first, and then she quit. Did you quit during Jane? She's not on Jane. Oh, wow. She's not on that album. I did not know that. But... She rejoined in 1981, and she is in this performance awesome. on Fridays. You know what? Smartest thing she ever did, joining him again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because she made back. Marty's n- still not there. Okay. But Grace Lick rejoined. Paul Cantor, who was like the founder of yeah. Jefferson Airplane, he was still in there, so we'll see him. And then, so so Grace isn't doing much because she's not on the original yeah. record, but she's like playing tambourine and singing back up for uh, Mickey and mm-hmm. like looking like she's having the time of her oh, life. Good. And this band just has so many members. It just looks like the biggest band in the world. <laughs> I can't wait. And they're all having goofy fun doing Jane on Fridays. And it's a great performance. Oh, this it. is going to be awesome. Yeah. So I saved this for last. This is a great call. Yeah. And I love that we get to see Grace doing yeah, Jane. That's fascinating. I had yeah. no idea that she left in Canada. She's also like my favorite like one of my favorite people in rock ever. She's so cool. Right. Okay, so these two women here. Yeah. Okay. I think they are uh, Dawn from Tony from Orlando. From Tony Orlando and Dawn. Dawn. That's what I thought, yeah. but yeah, I yeah. didn't look it up. Because uh, that woman, I can't remember her name, she was on the Jeffersons. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I don't know. They probably did a sketch yeah. with Don Novello or something, yeah. but they're just kind of standing there. They're not going to perform at this point. I never understood Father Guido. I was too young. I didn't get it. Uh, I never really. Were you ra- were you Catholic growing no. up? Oh, see, I kind of just understood okay. on a on a in my lizard brain, like, oh, this is just Catholicism. Okay. So I kind of recognized, yeah, like, oh, he's it. a funny priest. Yeah. But he used to do Weekend Update. Yeah, on exactly. SNL. And if people don't know what Fridays is, it was a competing late night sketch comedy show. On, I don't know what network ABC ABC ABC, ABC. and it had 
Larry David yeah. on it before he was famous and some other people. It had uh, um, uh, Michael Richards. Michael Richards, yeah, yeah. Some people who were like some some of the cast members were later yeah. Seinfeld writers. Yes. Um, yeah. This was the famous episode where, uh, you know, where George quits his job and comes back. Yeah. That's Larry David. No, on no, no, no. Larry David did that when he was a writer on SNL. Oh, is it SNL? Yeah. Oh, that's even better. Because he was a cast member on this show. Oh, that's He was a performer right. on that's this show. Right. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, genius. Yeah. Starship. But it was sort of like the cooler... Because this show came on when SNL was at its nadir. Yes. And Fridays was like the cooler news Yeah, they're show. like, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make it all back. Yeah, but it didn't last It did long. not last long. Either. Also, one of the cast members went to high school with my father. No shit. It was the guy who did all the impressions. And then later, because I remember he did, he played George Bush, H.W. Bush, in The Naked Gun 2. Oh, And he was like wow. the impressions guy on Friday. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Drum is a pain in the back. Anyway, that was a little <laughs> tangent about Fridays. Yes. Oh my god. He wrote Jane. And, oh. and, and Jefferson Starship still exists. And David Freiberg is like the only... Original member? Yeah, the way that like The Temptation still exists. It's, it's like one. Otis Williams yeah. and some other guys that it. he's got. Yeah. Paul okay, star. yeah. The late, great Paul Cannon. Wow. Wow. He sang on Fooled Around and Fell in Love. Oh, did he? Yeah, that's him on that. Okay. And then after that, they asked him to join the, okay. this band because of that. That's fascinating. I like all of these people, all of them, but best of all, I like the little bird, Grace Slick. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. The weird feather thing in her hair. That's <laughs> awesome. I love her so much. Anybody, anybody that put a name in their kid, God, is okay in my booklet. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen... Jefferson I'm an offensive Italian stereotype and offensive Catholic stereotype. I do it all. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Paul's got an awesome guitar. Oh, is that the, uh, that's not a, like a flying game. It's not quite a flying game, yeah. but it's that sort of metal guitar. This song is so good. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And, and again, I know we talk about it. The use of it in What Hot American Summer yeah. is stunning. Yeah. I love... Grease isn't even mic'd. She's got a mic in front of her. Oh, it's just she? sort of behind okay. Mickey. I love, she's just like, I'm here. I'm fine. <laughs> I think right there she's not sure of the lyrics just yet. Yeah. It's uh, not her song. Yeah, it's not her song. She's, she's, she's in the band now again. And yeah. I am always fascinated by the three different variations of this band. Yeah. They're so different. Yeah. It's crazy. I just like that when Jefferson Airplane evolved into a new band, they were like, you know what we should call it? Jefferson Starship. <laughs> and then it's also fitting for the 80s we're like it's just called Starship yeah it's yeah. Starship and you know what? we're just gonna make that yeah cause it's a totally different band I mean Mickey Thomas has got some pipes oh he can say like this is like a cheesy 1970s rock song but it it rules and oh he it's can great it rocks I love this bridge yeah 
See, she's she's. Oh, there she goes. She's yeah. In it. It's so like. I wonder if they've ever thought like, well, we're really different. We're we're not Jefferson Airplane at all. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, we really changed. Yeah, I mean, it still has all the core members of yeah. Airplane are in Starship. Yeah. Now I, like, I admit I do like this guitar. Song. Oh yeah, every this every part cool. of this song is great. But again, how did they get to this? And then how do they get from this to nothing's going to stop us now? (laughs) How does that happen? Look, you need a ballad for the movie Mannequin. And you're not going to say no to a a movie. I don't know. That song seems like work for hire, the way that they got Aerosmith to do that Armageddon song. Like, they didn't write that. Or like, uh, I mean, um, we built this city. Yeah. That's all on their own. Who are these guys that came out? I don't know. I don't know if they're... Are they... Members of the group? They're members I mean, of the members show because that's the dude from The Jerk 2. What's oh, his name? Yeah. Mark. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. They just came out like, yeah, let's let's yeah. go out with Jefferson. Hand the cast member to Cowbell. And he can, yeah. That's great. They just have the cast the from the show play with them. The cast is so excited to be out there. Yeah. It's just a party. This yeah. looks like one of those Rock and Roll Hall of Fame things where they just have everybody come <laughs> out and play a song. There's so many people on stage, and everyone's having the most yes. fun. I mean, Mickey can fucking sing. Yeah. Shit. And Grace is there. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Like, do you enjoy White Rabbit and Want Somebody to Love? And I like Do You Want Somebody to Love. White Rabbit is like... It's cool, but I, I mean, it's more, a, you know, uh, an artifact of its time than yeah. like a song that I like to listen to. Makes sense. Know? Makes sense. Because you'll always listen to Jane. Yeah, I listen to Jane way more than yeah. I go and listen to Do You Want Somebody yeah. to Love. Yeah. It makes me a little blue that Grace isn't on the studio recording, though. Just yeah. knowing that she's not part of it, but... Yeah. That's why I like this clip. That's amazing because I thought she was always a part of it. I yeah. have no idea. She quit for just a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So <laughs> we, I mean, we had to include the Jefferson but you, we did, airplane, you did it but in the right way. Yeah. Because I didn't want to hear Jefferson airplane. No, and I know, and I love Jane just as much as you do. Oh, so yeah. yeah, that'll that'll stand in for That's the a whole good mark of that band. <laughs> it's right. It's it's the it's the bookmark for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it uh, for this episode of Music Raygun. Thanks for listening. Music Raygun is hosted by me, Paul Champanelli. And me, Kirk Pinchon. Our theme music is by Bagweed. Our credits music is Raygun by Bad Bad Not Good and Ghostface Killer. If you like the show, please take a moment to rate it and review it on your favorite podcast app because that'll help other people find us. And if you know someone who might like Music Raygun, please tell them about it because word of mouth is the best way to share the show. Until next time, see ya! See ya!